Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Surprise, surprise. UFC 262 is in the books. And new. Let's hit that intro. Hi guys, welcome back to Five Rounds. I am Mags and with me, as always, my son Carlos. Carlos, how are you? Oh, I'm smashing. Oh, I'm actually feeling more awake, so I've been awake all night. And what time is it now? Uh, five oh, to six. I think it's because it's light outside again now, so I've got that second burst of energy, but and especially after that main event. Oof! Yeah, uh, wow, what a card. Uh, these... The UFC just isn't failing to deliver recently. Uh, quickly, let's just run through these uh, these prelims. So we started the night with uh, Christos Giagos picking up the sub against Sean Soriano. Uh, Kevin Aguilar gained the decision against Tucker Lutz in the featherweights. Uh, and then in the women's flyweight, we had uh, Gina uh, Manzaghe um, losing. Uh, the fighter's name has disappeared, so I'm sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> What? <laughs> what? Then in the 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 the, um, the recorded prelims, we had uh, Jordan Rapp getting the first round knockout of Jerry Pickett, uh, Lando Venata picking up the decision against Mark Grundy, even though uh, one of the judges gave it three rounds to Grundy, which just made absolutely no sense. Mm. And then probably the most disgusting arm break that you'll see uh, in a long, long time with Andre Muniz uh, snapping. Uh, Jackery Souza's uh, arm to get the first round sub, and um, it's interesting that if you remember uh, way before his UFC days, uh, Jackery faced uh, I think it was a uh, Hoyce Gracer in a in a um, in a jujitsu uh, fight. And I think it was about two rounds before, and he actually snapped the other arm. Uh, Hoyce Gracer snapped uh, Jackery's other arm, and Jackery didn't tap because he knew he was going to win the bout on points. 
and he ended up beating uh, Gracie on points. Yeah, he ended up, I remember that. So that he ended up uh, just, he, with his belt, he ended up basically like tying his belt around his arm. That yeah. is, what an animal. Uh, and he wasn't going to tap in that fight. Just, well, it didn't uh, phase him, it, it, hasn't, it didn't phase him, he broke his arm, and uh, to any any other person, now fair enough for the adrenaline, you'll give it to him that you might, they might not have felt it straight away up until the last minute. What the fuck am I looking at it? And he was just like, Okay, it's ready. <laughs> 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 yeah. They were just looking at it and then um who were fighting? Um it was What's his name? What's his name? Listen who just said it. Uh Andre Muniz. That's it, Andre Muniz. I do apologize. Uh Andre Muniz comes over to him and and he's there just like, yeah, don't worry about it, mate. Good fight. Like you, yeah, know, you, you are the better grappler, fair enough. Instantly I got the 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 uh reminded of uh, when Rich Flank- Franklin knocked out Chuck Liddell with a broken arm, uh, just thought if if Jackery gets a chance, he's just going to swing that limp arm and try and slap Andre Muniz with it. But yeah, good victory for Andre Muniz, a real kind of statement. Anyway, let's get into this main card because there was a lot of great action on this main card. Normally, when you have a good prelims, the main card kind of some sometimes just doesn't live up to uh, live up to the hype. I think this one. Really, really did. So we started uh, as bright as you could with a, an opener. Edson Barbosa, everybody loves him. Uh, the guy is the only person to have multiple uh, knockouts with leg kicks. He's an absolute beast. And he was taking on Shane uh, Burgos, who's uh, really kind of coming to his own with his, uh, with his uh, boxing and, and his striking. And this fight just took no prisoners. From the first second, uh, we had Barbosa throwing those brutal leg kicks. And it got to a point where he even cut his own leg from throwing that many leg kicks. Um, and Burgos was really doing well landing that that jab. Uh, I think he cut Barbosa early in the first round, uh, a little bit of clinching. But um, it was interesting when the crowd was uh, chanting, no takedowns, no takedowns. I thought that was funny. Uh, these guys... Not really the kind of people to to really want to go for takedowns. These were uh, the kind of people who were just trying to finish. And um, for me, I thought uh, Barbosa um, took an easy lead in the in the first round. With those leg kicks were just brutal. You could see uh, Shane having to change up his game plan and and check the kicks, and he wasn't able to put as much pressure on that that lead leg. Uh, second round, a, a lot of the same, but I thought that Shane was getting a little bit more success again with his shots. Uh, but then we saw uh, Barbosa start opening up with his with his fists, and we know that he can he can certainly land fists. Uh, he's very well rounded in the striking area. And then we get to the third round, and, he, and I think he just had enough. Mm. Uh, just had enough of playing with Shane, Shane Burgos, and he. Um, he lands a, a big rat. Uh, Burgos uh, took a step back and. It, it it was such a weird weird kind of knockout because it's the kind of knockout where you see happen when you get liver shots or you get kidney shots where your body has to take a few seconds to to kind of come to terms with that it's shutting down. Where this one, he got he got um, he got a shot to the head and it it's it was the same kind of effect where Shane was like, I'm ready to fight, but then his body was like, I, I don't know about that, mate. Yeah, mm. I might just go asleep here. And his legs started giving giving away. Uh, you could see his eyes starting uh, like uh, uh, glazing over. His brain was kind of coming to terms with, yeah, we are done here. And he stumbles and gets a few jabs for for his uh, for his uh, troubles. And 
uh, Edson Barbosa uh, with, a, with a massive, massive victory. A, a, a big victory for him, especially, what is it now, three wins in a row in that featherweight mm-hmm. division. Uh, I mean, it, it looks like his natural uh, natural weight. I mean, I know he struggled at the beginning, uh, getting down to, to these lighter weights, but and now I think he's there and he's able to maintain. I think he looks a killer at that division. Once, once you can... When you're talking weight cutting-wise, we'll, we'll go back to Amanda Nunes. I know it's in reverse. She was putting weight on, but she wants to do it smart. She didn't want to just go right on uh, visceral fat and I just basically want to put the weight on. So I've just got my organs are, are surrounded by fat and I've got like a layer of fat around my body. She didn't want that. She wanted to put on the right amount of muscle weight to actually go up. Now, Barbosa, when he was fighting at lightweight, he's always been a lean fatter. And when I say lean fat, I mean... His muscle mass compared to his fat body percentage on his body has always been higher. So when he's had to cut down to the weight, it's more of his muscle that he's had to cut down. Because if you if you were to put two pictures side to side with him of when he were at lightweight to now when he's at featherweight, he'll still look as lean as he was, mm-hmm. but he won't have he won't have as much muscle mass or as much muscle density. He'll still be as strong as he was. That's how muscles work. You don't sort of lose your strength; you just lose the size. You, your muscles can get denser rather mm-hmm. than bigger, yeah. and that's basically what's happened to him in dropping down uh, the extra ten pounds. And I know it might not seem like a lot, but ten pounds is a lot, especially when it's water weight and and fat weight that you cut in. And like I say, you want to try and keep as much muscle mass as you can, but unfortunately, muscle does weigh more, especially the, the denser it is, the more it weighs. So you've got to hit a fine line safely in that in that way. And when he went down the first time, he found it he found it hard, like any human would, especially cutting weight. But when he were able to get down there and keep on a steady pace, he was able to actually his body was able to actually transform and get used to that sort of regime he's going by. Now when we talk about fighters doing weight cutting, oh they shouldn't cut twenty pounds before the day. But he's basically done what everyone said that MMA should do. Mm-hmm. You should find your weight and then you should have to stick to that weight throughout. And that's that's basically what uh, Barbosa's has done. And he a perfect win for him tonight. And the guy you were facing uh, is a fucking zombie. He's an absolute zombie. You only put Borg away by putting him down. That's as yeah. simple as that. Because if you don't hurt him and knock him out, he'll just keep walking forward and walking forward. But We've saw it now in his last couple of his last couple of fights. It's probably not the best tactic, so he does need to change some stuff there. But with a delayed reaction again, when he got hit, when you get hit, your brain doesn't understand what a punch is. We know what a punch is because we can say, "Oh, yeah, that's a punch." That, but your brain physically doesn't understand what a punch is. When when a what your brain knows it as is a foreign object mm-hmm. hitting it and a having shock. the yeah having the impact yeah. and shocking your brain. So when your brain smashes against your skull and it sends the the signals from the nerves from the from your head to your feet back up to your head faster than you can even blink that's basically what we're going on before you were his body was doing that and before he had time to even react and think oh, oh i do he started shutting down slowly and that's why he, his legs started going before you know it was already flat on his face and when you seen barbosa with the last two shots they weren't relatively heavy shots but if you notice Borg's body reactions after when he's led on the floor, his legs are starting to come up. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to walk, like he's thinking he's stood up. Yeah. Like that's what I get out of that. When we've been in uni studying them sort of videos, that's what 
when he's doing that, that's what I get out of that. His body's still thinking that he's in the fight and he's still walking. That's why he's not flailing about. He's moving his leg like he's he's in a walking position. But yeah, perfect win for Bar uh, for Barbosa and wow, three and all. You, yeah. Who? Oh, is it a Volkanovski's champion at that point, isn't it? He is. I'd be looking at him as a serious contender around about now, but I know he's got, I know he's got um, uh, Ortega and the Ultimate Fighter. But I guarantee, if they were to say to a Barbosa, "Do you want to be a replacement in case anyone gets injured?" Mm-hmm. Uh, injured, he'll snap it up in a breath. He'll be absolutely worth in the wind. And after a victory like that, I, I would not be surprised if Barbosa is gaining his drink on. And uh, you, you too can get your drink on if you uh, if you uh, go and check out our sponsors, Drizzler. Uh, here's a short promo for them. Do you need to restock your alcohol, but you just really don't want to get off the couch? Well, Drizzly has you covered with beer, wine, and liquor delivered directly to your doorstep. Head over to drizzly.sjv.io slash STI, where you can shop a massive selection of beer, wine and liquor you can compare prices in your local area and you can choose immediate delivery which will have the alcohol delivered to your doorstep in just 60 minutes drizzly serving 180 markets and they're just getting started enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. So going after that fight, we went into um, into the, the women's with uh, Vivian Araujo taking on Kathleen Chukagian. Um, Kathleen Chukagian has always been a very interesting fighter for me. Someone who's your um, favourite fighter. <laughs> Kafka. <laughs> Hashtag uh, Kathleen Lacks. Um, <laughs> so yeah, she's always she's, she's always been a very interesting fighter for me. She's. She doesn't have, she doesn't excel in one particular part of MMA, but she's just well-rounded. Um, and I think no, no far proves that more than this one. Um, she she uh, took the first round for me because of the sheer volume of shots that she puts out. She's never going to be the kind of fighter that's knocking people out, but she's she lands so many shots 
I mean, she's annoying with the with the uh, the the scream she does with every shot. Very very uh, aggravating after a while. But she she adds in uh, good kicking. She adds in great uh, jabs and and, and hooks. Um, Araujo seemed to have um, more power in her shots. He just didn't have enough uh, of them to to really damage Chukagin. And it, it seemed to me that Chukagin wore her down enough that uh, going into like the second and third round, um, uh, Araujo looked really, really tired and was taking a lot of deep breaths. Um, for me, this was a, a typical Chukagin fight. She's a very much a point fighter. Uh, I think if you look all the way down her records, uh, most of her wins come from uh, decision victories. Mm. And and this is, is absolutely no different. Is it exciting to watch? Not really, uh, but but she she gets the job done. Um, the only problem is she's stuck in a division where she's just outclassed by, uh, by Valentina Shevchenko. Um, but a great victory for her. Uh, the, the judges gave it, I think, a couple of judges gave it 29 28, one judge gave it uh 30 27. I could agree with both, really. I think maybe um, Araujo took the second, perhaps. Uh, but other than that, this was a, a very dominant but standard victory for, for Catelyn. Yeah, but Caitlin will like that one, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's. What a good victory for her. I know a lot of people say that obviously the point fighting is boring, but what her, her style sort of reminds me of when you go back in the day of when you first start out in your career and you're fighting in the the little sports halls and the, the, the full of people. And that's when you'll, you'll see a lot of point fighting and a lot of fundamentals and technique rather than just pure power and mm-hmm. speed. You'll 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 see more of the, the technique and the, again the the point fighting. She's more of a enduro fighter rather than she's a Francis Ngannou fighter. She'll she's better at fighting long distance than it is trying to get you out of there in the first round because she knows biomechanically she's not going to be able to do that unless that shot is perfect. You're coming in and she's going into you and it just works out sound. But as most professional fighters know. Once you start looking for that shot, <clears throat> that's when it starts going against you, and you 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 seem to not being able to find it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, her opponent made the mistake of playing into Caitlin's game. Caitlin always wants to go the three to five rounds. Doesn't matter what fight she's in, she's not bothered about being in there for twenty five minutes. She's not scared about being in there for twenty five minutes. She knows that she's got good head movement. She can stay out the the way of a foot movement. And she can pick her shots off and get and pick some points up. Now she can only do that to an extent. Like you just said, Valentina Shevchenko is in that division. And until until she's out of that division, personally, I can't see anybody taking the title off her in that division. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna for me, even though they're exciting fighters, it's gonna be turn into one of them divisions where people are gonna look at it and go, oh, well they're not excited fighters because they're beating each other and no one can beat the champ. That's the way it's, yeah, we, it's... we we need a breakout star like we got uh with uh Joanna. Yeah. We need someone who's gonna who's gonna stand up to because we already know I think she's like one how many times she faced Valentina is it once or twice. Either um, way she's lost. Yeah once yeah. and she got absolutely dominated. Yeah so it's that's not to say that she can't turn it around. I don't know off the top of my head, I don't know how old she is. I'd say the 30s, if I was to put a guess on it. But, yeah, it's, again, 
it's not a you haven't got a, a, a massive amount of time to to basically put a, a lot more skill into your game, especially them sort of divisions, because it's not like we're talking about a division where it's like, right, you may have a year before fighting the Champions League, mm-hmm. you've got a year to fight on, uh, to, to work on your yeah. game. Two two wins gets you in the top half. Yeah, she she might, after that win or after a, after another win, even after that win, because I think she was still ranked, uh, Catelyn was still ranked like number two, Going into that fight, so well, after uh, that fight, she could easily get asked to fight in a month or a month yeah. and a half time against yeah. Valentina. So, again, I don't, it's not a lot of time to to work on on skill to beat Valentina Shevchenko. And uh, it's just one of them, it's an odd thing to put on it, even though it's a we're not trying to shit on a performance because it would be a good performance, it's just where does it put you forward, mm-hmm. yeah, when Valentino is standing and, in your way. And, I think that's sometimes the problem when you've got such a dominant fighter as champion that you, the the more interesting fights are actually underneath to see where people are, are, are like pushing themselves yeah. in the rankings. See, so he's going to turn it more into a yeah. dog fight. I mean, look at look at uh, the Habib situation when he was champion. Everyone was shuffling to be the number two, and and it only really got more exciting once he he confirmed his retirement, and then all of a sudden everybody was pushing to be uh, number one again. That's it. Uh, so after that, we go to the middle of the card. Um, Ruggiero Bontarin taking a fight on, on last-minute notice against Matt Schnell. Uh, it was meant to be at bantamweight, but uh, uh, Ruggiero came in at a pound overweight. Um, I, I, I get disappointed when people like him get uh, fined for being overweight when he's took the fight on yeah, like four when days when notice. Yeah, he did him a favour. Yeah, um, Hopefully, UFC will, uh, will, will should, cover that. You should compensate. Um, if not, it's a bullshit move because, like you just said, then we're a pound over, which is as me. I fought myself uh, when I when I stepped into fight. My opponent, the hour fighting, told me, "Well, it was, it was, it was their their coaches who before my coaches that they were weighing in at around about sixty four kilogram, and we were supposed to fight at seventy. I tried my best to cut a little bit more down. I went to, I got to 68. I couldn't get down anymore. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. I, I naturally walk around at about 75, 77. So it was just straight out of pure respect trying to get down there. But when you're trying it, when you're trying to improvise to make a fight happen, like this guy has, he's took a fight on short notice. It's a pound out. You piss a pound. Mm-hmm. You can go and take a shit and it's a pound. You, and it, you, you'll take twenty five percent of when he's, he steps in to do you a favour. He could have said, "You know, fuck you, yeah. uh, fuck that guy. I don't want to step in a fight," but he didn't. So hopefully they, they compensate him because again, the, the crowds didn't do him any favour by booing him. But yeah, fair enough. It were a boring start. Cause it were a very slow start. But the guy who 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 stepped it, who stepped up to save that fight, came in a pound overweight. Also put on the best performance in that fight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he dominated match now from from minute one for me. Uh, he, he was the bigger guy, obviously, um, but the, he landed more shots um, when Match uh was was throwing shots. It just it seemed more that he was windmilling and just hoping that he landed rather than having any kind of real uh, technique behind him. Now we know Match Match now is a is a is a top draw fighter, but I don't think this was his best performance by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and Bontering just was able to uh, dominate him with uh, with with 
with power over all three rounds and the crowd were getting a bit restless and I can understand why like you said it, it, it did get uh it's it slowed down a lot especially in that second round when they went for the the clinches up against the cage not a lot of action was really happening um in the third round uh Max Schnell kind of came out of his shell a little bit tried to land a, a few uh jumping knees and kicks but it was too little too late and, and Bontring knew he had the fight one uh, was knew that if he wanted to land a, a flurry of punches, he was able to, uh, and he picked up a, a very decisive uh, decision for me. Yeah, he, he deserved the win, and uh, to say he stepped, say he stepped up on uh, on short notice, and when you're under that pressure, to when you've got a, a, a crowd full of people booing because they're getting a bit bored of, of, of the fight and agitated because they want to see some action, I didn't hear the referee once, basically. Well, saying that though, I'm, I'm, this is just going off straight, pure, think, uh, pure, just look because with new crowds and that, you can't hear fuck all, can you? You can't. Oh, they're wild. You can't. You, you can. You can tell uh, live events has come back pretty recently because they are mental. I, I've seen videos of the crowd actually fighting. I've just really. shared that today. If you haven't, mm-hmm. if you go on our Instagram after this, don't go off yet. But yeah, <laughs> uh, if you go on our Instagram afterwards, you'll see the the crowd were actually starting to scrap. Like that's how long the crowds haven't been there. So they come back, they've turned into uh, a wild pack of animals. Yeah. But I fucking love it. Simple. I love it. They're all back, and especially some of the chants that they've uh, that they've been that they've been getting. But yeah, fair enough. We got eight corners, but so it means people can't fucking go online and go, oh, duh, 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 I know what I'm on about. I don't think yet. Now, it's, now do it. What, what, what was your what was your advice for them fighters now that you can't hear the coaches? Go on, <laughs> put it in comments. So just before we get into these uh this co-main event and main event, let's have a little word from uh, our other sponsor uh, talking about protection. Maybe uh, one of the fighters in the next round might need a little bit of uh, uh, support in his legs uh, in his next fight. If you want to look good while working out, then Sleeps has you covered. With over a thousand print styles for men, women, and children, Sleeps has something for everyone. Head over to Sleeps.com, that's S-L-E-E-F-S.com, find what you like, and at checkout, remember to type in the promo code STSI25 for 25% off your entire purchase. That's Sleeps.com, S-L-E-E-F-S.com, and at checkout, STSI25 for 25% off your purchase. Just before we get into this comment event, um, Tanner in the in the chat on YouTube. Good morning, Mags and Carlos. Hope you hope you all are well. We are. We are tired, uh, but we're still hyped after after this fight. Um, but now Darius versus Tony Ferguson was everything that we hoped it would be. Um, uh, Darius has, uh, took a lot of grief in the in the uh, pre-fight uh, press conference. Uh, he was. The natural kind of a bad guy in this fight. Everybody loves Tony Ferguson, uh, and because Darius, I think is is uh, is part Iranian, uh, he was naturally the the enemy because obviously America. Um, <laughs> America. Uh, but um, he took it all in his stride. He knew he knew that that was going to be the case, uh, and he took all of uh, Ferguson's uh, jabs on uh, verbal jabs. Uh, and said, yeah, I'll meet you in the octagon. I'm, I'm, and if you have watched the press conference, there's a part where Tony Ferguson admits to a break in his own students. Uh, yeah, what a dicky move. Be with um, our gym, you get 
kicked it fucking head. So anyway, going into the fight, uh, Darius started so brightly. He knew he wanted to get the finish in this fight. Um, and he was looking to pressure with punches and clinches and takedowns. He, uh, he, he went for a level change and, and fell into a, a, a guillotine. Uh, but it was uh, nice and calm and, and was able to, to, to pop his uh, way out. Then um, he was... Um, we had Ferguson trying to lift the leg up when he was in top top mount. Basically, Dar- uh, Benil Darish is a, he's an elite level grappler, uh, and he was able to really control Ferguson in this first round. Uh, Ferguson dangerous off his back though. Some of the, the elbows and, and shots, any any other opponent could have easily knocked him out. Uh, but um, Darish was able to uh, really kind of dominate Ferguson in that first round, and you could tell he went. Uh, it, it gave him an air of confidence. Because going into into the second, it was a lot of the same thing. Darius pushing the pace, uh, 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 pr- pressing um, Ferguson up against the fence, able to to uh, oh, we Ferguson grabbed the net whilst he went down. We went for a, a dart uh, dart which looked hard for me. I thought that was the point where maybe Ferguson was gonna uh, pull this victory out of the jaws of defeat, uh, but he just didn't have the right positioning. Not to say that he couldn't have got it because we've seen Ferguson get uh, submissions in, in places where he shouldn't be able to get that kind of pressure. Uh, but again, Darius was able to to um, just stay calm, shift his weight and, and was able to pop out, land some shots on on, on uh, onto Ferguson. And then we saw um, Ferguson try for the roll and he, they got their legs all tangled up, and it, it looked to me like they were going for an actual legitimate Ric Flair figure four. Uh, but Darius hooks in this heel hook, and my God, people's toes are not meant to point that way. Uh, for someone who's uh, who's had a lot of problems with their leg, I've, I've uh, for people who don't know, I've uh, broke my leg a couple of times, and I've also had the the uh, ligament snap where the, the knee went 90 degrees in the direction that it should not go. That kind of felt the same for me with Tony Ferguson, and I was absolutely cringing for him. Uh, Tony's not the kind of person who shows he's, he's in pain, but even he was screaming in pain, uh, able to hold off, which I don't know how, able to carry on and, and, and go uh, to decision, which was shocking for me, but that third round, you could tell it was survival mode. He wasn't able to stand up properly. It uh, was uh, using the fence to to, to uh, sprawl. Um, Darius was able to, to take him down and, and control the fire. Um, didn't really need to go for the finish, um, but he, he still uh, put, in, put in the effort to do so. Uh, Ferguson proved himself to be a warrior, but the fact is he's now 0-3 in his last three fights, and Benil Darius is... Um, this might be his biggest win of his career. His biggest name, definitely. His biggest name win of his career. Um, I think what Tony's now realising, especially after this fight, is he's just getting old, man. Like mm-hmm. he's not. It's not like he's a bad fighter. He's a, he's a legend. He's been in the UFC I, for. I don't even think he's just the age. I think he's took so much damage. The other gauge, like he didn't take really that. I know, like he's 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 had hits, especially with the Bernardo fight and um, some of the other. I can't remember the top of my head, but like I say, I know he's talking about the He took an absolute whooping. Well, it was, before that, it was the gauge fight that absolutely mm-hmm. destroyed his soul. Yeah, and 
he hasn't looked the same since that fight. And that fight led on to the Oliveira fight. And obviously, Oliveira's led on to this fight. And it's been a recurring. Gates, you finished him off on the feet. Oliveira showed him that he was he, just getting a bit too old to hang on the ground. And Darius has just showed him that, listen, you're just a bit too old in, in both departments now. Like, And I, I think a lot of it as well is is a confidence thing. The the Gaethje fight showed him he was not he was not invincible. Well, that's it. and it, it it it's it gives you that little kind of like uh, splinter in your mind to think, yeah, he beat me and he he whooped the piss out of me. Mm. And then you go into the next fight, maybe thinking, is this person going to beat me? Rather than going in and thinking, I am going to beat them. And it, it just seems like it, it's that for me. I could probably understand. I could. I wouldn't agree on it because obviously the the person he is and for how long he's been in it. Now, if it were a younger if it were a younger fighter and they took a couple of losses and fair enough, they, they, they're going to be coming back from that. But I think Tony's a bit too mentally sound to be able to be like getting nervous or mentally or, sound. You, you know what I mean? Not not <laughs> not fully, but in in that aspect of I don't think you can break his confidence. Like yeah, a lot of people could have broke his. He, Charles Oliveira could have broke his confidence and made him tap when he when he was ripping his arm apart and that didn't do it. Darry Hughes could have could have basically break his confidence when he's he's just clearly destroying his knee when Darry Hughes said he heard a pop, he's asked Tony for it, like, no, my knee's alright. Yeah, you your knee's fucked. Yeah. It's simple. There's no, there's not there's, you don't react like that and you don't walk the way you were not being able to put pressure on it yeah. if there were no damage to that knee. There's definitely ligament damage and ten damage. There must be. His meniscus must be fucked. Um, yeah, oh yeah, it's snapped. It's absolutely snapped. Oh, he's gone now. He's but yeah, I think what he's got to realise is the same as what Anderson Silva and Donald Cerrone realised. And you, you can only train high level for so long, mm-hmm. and you can only keep up with the younger guys for so long. And when you start getting past that thirty-five mark, especially with that forty mark, Tony Tony Ferguson is thirty-seven. Yeah. So he's not. Darius is only thirty-two. So he's basically on Darius is he's actually on the bit of the older scale of the age-wise. If you want to talk about these top-level athletes, because you, you range of what from twenty-five to, like I said, from twenty-five to thirty-four-ish, like the, the top age on the top-level athletes. When you're getting past that, it's going to be a lot harder to keep up because as you're going on, there's new guys coming up and MMA is moving on that fast. Where Imanari roll. He wouldn't be able to pull an Imanari roll off as smoothly as what he were able to do two years ago. Yeah. And that's just because of his aging, the way his body is, the way the human body is. You're not as athletic as you once were when you were younger. It's as simple as that. Your your body starts breaking down, and especially with Tony Ferguson, for how much mad shit he's done and how much mad training he's done, I guarantee his body's feeling it now. You go ask every member of Jackass if they don't have a bag back. Guarantee they'll tell you that they, that they do. It's just one of them. Like I guarantee now, in, in four years' time, I'll be fucked. My knees will be done. My, my back's already going. And I, I'm 24. I've been in it for a bit. And so and, and he's been Tony Ferguson's been doing it for high level for so long over the last 10 years. It's going to take a toll on you at some point. But over fact, Gaethje. Poirier, all these lot have got it to have got to face it to come. It's just not happened yet. But Tony Ferguson, unfortunately, with MMA, you can age overnight like that, and that's what's happened to Tony. And well, he needs to. We've seen that kind of stuff with uh, the likes of Tyron Woodley. 
where one minute he's on top of the hill, next minute he's, he's, he's not the fighter that he used to be. Yeah, exactly. Like you say, you just, once you get to a certain point, you just can't, you physically just can't put all the stress on your body to train that much and train that hard for so long. Because if you train that hard all the time, like most of them do, why do you think most athletes have underlined injuries? Mm-hmm. Because they, they get them through training sessions from overloading and overworking the body, burning out the body and feeling just like, uh, feeling shit and drained out. Then they've got little nagging injuries that they can't get fixed because if they do take two to three, couple of months out, they're going to start going back in reverse. And then, so it's, it's on a, a vicious cycle when you're starting to go like that. So when you're thinking about it and that's, that is how, how it works. Unless you're one of these fighters who are constantly in in the, the physiotherapy room, getting hot and cold therapy and, and getting everything fixed straight away and, and doing it. But no athlete does that all, that all the time. Fair enough, it's getting better as, as the years go on and the more development in the research of rest and recovery uh, develops. But most fighters still come into fights about... 80%, 90% healthy to fight. They mm-hmm. always have underlying health uh, problems or underlying uh, injuries that they, they need to get sorted out. So Tony Ferguson's probably had that. And for the amount of time he's been fighting, everything just builds up over time and does it just start biting back at you. Yeah, so let's uh, go into um, this title match now and, and perhaps Benel Darusha has made a statement for him to be... Uh, involved in in the conversation for who will be the next contender, but we have Charles Oliveira, a guy who's been in the UFC for eleven years, made his debut uh, August of 2010 against Michael Chandler, the the newest entry in the in the uh, lightweight division. Um, scored that uh, that um, walk away knockout of of uh, Dan Hooker and being pushed straight into a title match. And wow. This first round was like watching five rounds uh, of fighting in one for me. So much to to break down, so much action. Um, Oliveira starting with uh, with low kicks that uh, that pretty much sends Chandler to the floor. Um, then we get uh, Chandler getting the guillotine, uh, which just wasn't able to to work. Uh, Oliveira uh, pops his head out, gets top control. Um, then we get Oliveira working his way around to the back, uh, and it looked like this maybe was all over for for uh, Michael Chandler. Um, Oliveira was was very patient, taking his time trying to, to trying to lock in the choke, but Chandler was able to get up and stand on his feet, which was just such such strength. I mean, because Oliveira is a huge guy at this at this uh, weight, so tall and and, and lanky. He, he goes for the slam, which puts him in a worse position because mm. it, uh, Oliveira was able to still keep hold of the body triangle. Um, but then uh, Chandler fought the arms off, was able to just wait and bide his time, exploded out, uh, gets back to the feet, uh, starts starts uh, throwing shots. Oliveira then goes for the um, for the takedown himself. Um, Chandler uh, is able to kind of like just push him away and, and land some shots, which look like they knocked Oliveira out. Oliveira recovers. We're going to guard. Uh, Chandler is um, Chandler's laying punches in whilst uh, Oliveira's led on the floor, throwing up kicks. 
Uh, we finally get to the end of the round, and I, we needed a break. Uh, and I think um, Charles Oliveira was like, I ain't putting up with five rounds of this bullshit. Uh, comes in, lands a massive uh, left hand in the second round. Uh, Chandler uh, goes down his hurt. Oliveira uh, just carries on uh, landing shot after shot after shot. Um, and we get uh, Chandler trying to kind of uh, turtle and make some space. But uh, the ref um, had to, Dan Mergotta had to come in and, yeah. and stop the fight. A fair finish for me. Um, I would have been happy with a result either way because both have their own kind of fairy tale stories. Michael Chandler um, just not having the right time to join the UFC, finally gets his chance at the big shot, scores a massive victory over Dan Hooker and, and gets a title shot. It would have been a fairy tale win for him. But then also you look at Charles Oliveira, the kind of the forgotten man of this division, uh, just getting win after win after win after win. I think it was like eight wins in a row or something like that and always kind of overlooked. Habib um, dropped the title uh, when he uh, when he retired and it kind of it let, it opened that door a little bit for, for Oliveira, who's been putting in amazing performances and he's able to, to take it. And you could see how much it meant to him uh, that he was finally champion after a decade in the company. Um, yeah, you can't. You can't uh, badmouth uh, Charles Oliveira for, the, for that. The guy's been putting off performance after performance, and it's just a shame that Michael Chandler uh, was the one who, who had to lose. Yeah, um, the way I the way I see it, like when I was speaking to one of my close friends about this, and we were asking like who, who we got in the fight, we both picked uh, Chandler, mm-hmm. and I picked I, Chandler as well. Yeah, I picked Chandler knockout round two. Now I was wrong on that aspect. When when I when we got out the the first round, I thought, oh, maybe maybe I'm right here. Maybe he's gonna finish him in this in this second round. Was not expecting Oliveira to to finish him in the second round one little bit. Um, as soon as Chandler came out fast and was opening up fast, I knew hey, up here uh, Oliveira is gonna level change at any point in taking down because. Just the heart difference was so big. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Chandler was just having to, every time he was punching, it was swinging, but having to punch up. Charles Oliveira was just having to punch down, so it was a lot easier well, for him in, to get in, his shots in, off. In that first first opening minute or so, uh, you could see basically Chandler swinging and getting nowhere near Oliveira because of Oliveira's was so much uh, ranger than him. He was able to. Do, it was kind of like when you see a cartoon of like uh, Scooby Doo, where he's just holding on to Scrappy Doo's yeah. head and Scrappy Doo's there swinging away uh, because he can't get any, any closer. And, and that's what it felt like a little bit to the uh, at the beginning of the first round, especially. Oh yeah, definitely. And um, but when he got when Charles Oliveira were able to get the takedown. And when Chandler moved and turned and gave Oliver his back, and even you heard the comments were saying, don't give him the back. I were a bit intrigued at this point. I was thinking to myself, why has he done that? Because he had a couple of different options he could have gone there, but he went for the most dangerous one in a lot of the people's eyes, especially the commentators' eyes, because they pooed the pants as soon as they give him the back. But what a lot of people are going to remember is he's not just a wrestler. He's been in mixed martial arts for a long time, so he mm-hmm. knows... Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, he, he's practised it himself, he is a practitioner and when he gave Oliveira his back and Oliveira got the hooks in he did the first thing that he, anyone should do, grab one of the wrists because you, you, you're cutting it off now fair enough, Oliveira is, is 
they're that good on the ground that he could probably get it off with, with, with one arm. But Charles Oliveira is a wrestler. They usually got big up at body strength. They look at Dan, Daniel Cormier. They ganked up necks. So you can't <laughs> squeeze that with one arm. You need to get some force on, on some wrestlers' necks. They, they, they're too strong. And when he was able to just stay calm, and then when Oliveira locked the body triangle in, and when he were able to stand up, in that position, what you're really supposed to do is just start leaning forward and start shimmying, and hopefully you can shake that person off and they'll fall off themselves. But again, Charles Oliveira is that good on the ground, his body triangle, he could have probably stayed on the, on, on his back for, for, the, for the rest of the round if uh, Chandler decided to put him forward. So again, what did he have to do? He had to make the choice that, in the eyes of a lot of people, the most dangerous choice, slam him on his back. But sometimes... If you do that and get the perfect uh, spot, you can actually win your opponent. So it'll break the movement anyway you can get out. But if you sin it, he still didn't let go of that wrist. When he went back, he still had wrist control. So there was no threat of that submission. So he was not scared about going back down into there. They were still dry at this point. So Oliveira had a good grip on him. So he was, he was perfectly just keeping his uh, breathing calm and buying his time. And as soon as... It's like a python when he, he feels its prey starting to breathe out. They'll start squeezing up so you can't take an, a, a breath back in. He's just felt when Oliveira is just loosening his legs a bit. And as soon as it, he's just shot straight out, turned straight over mm -hmm. and back to his feet. But what he did is he played, he was, he was then playing the dangerous and even more dangerous game, playing back into the actual guard of his. Yeah. Probably would have had a little bit of chance of, of him standing up, but it... it, it he made that work for him. He were able to hurt Oliveira, and I I thought coming out of that round, it was he was going to win it. So coming into the round two, when he it did start the way it were, that that left hook that you seen Oliveira throw, if you were to if you can imagine the the hook that Izzy finished uh, Robert Whitaker with in that sort of circumstances, the heart in it is yeah. perfect because when. Chandler is there throwing his all wide hooks. He's leaving his chin and his face wide open. So all Charles Oliveira has to do then is just lean a bit back, hooking, and that's the perfect shot. And that's exactly what he did. And he were able to not knock him out straight away, but able to stun him. He did a Brock Lesnar, did a 360 and stood back up. And he just walked him down and it was just bang, bang, bang. And yeah, Dan Murray had to step in. He, but... It's not like he wasn't deserving to be in there. I know a lot of people might say after this fight they shouldn't sit here, but a lot of people might say after this fight, oh, well, that just goes to prove that he shouldn't be in there because he was fucking doing well in the first round. He, he did, at the end of the day, he's done probably better. He's been a, probably a better op opponent to Charles Oliveira in the last five or six fights yeah. than I can remember. So, yeah, he definitely would have deserved, he definitely did deserve to be in there fight for the belt. Unfortunately, Charles Oliveira... Uh, had to fight. He had to fight Charles Oliveira, but I can't remember who was out there. <laughs> yeah, he had to fight Charles Oliveira, and Charles Oliveira, as we know, is an absolute animal on the ground. And I guarantee not a lot of people had him winning by TKO or knockout. No, but, absolutely not. Yeah. So, but like you said, it's a fair. Even though as much as would it been a fairy tale victory for Michael Chandler, it's even more a better fairy tale victory for Charles Oliveira. He's, uh, it's another Michael Bisping story for me. You've been in the UFC for so long. You've beat the who's of who's. You've you've never turned down a fight. You've always been a company man. You've always said yes, sound of the dotted line and shown up to where you need to show up. And 
he's finally paid off for him. He's been, he can now tell his kids, tell his grandkids. That he was a champion. That he was a champion. Yeah, they'll probably say, fucking hell, shut up, you told us it's about 100 yeah. times, but it's just one of them things. It, it's, he'll be able to go, yeah, I've, I've written UFC for, for four or five, uh, for uh, 12, 13 years, beating everyone, beating this guy, beating the, the top five and that lot. I think, oh, man, you fucking told us about five times, but it's, but that's 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 a story you can you can live on, and it's what a story, man. Yeah, absolutely. And, and with that uh, with that win, he actually breaks the record for the most finishes uh, in in UFC history. Uh, he was tied with Donald Cerrone on sixteen, yeah. and now he's uh, on seventeen. And he also adds to his uh, his record of the highest. Finishes per win percentage, I think he's at like 96. I think he's getting one of those 75 fucking grand bonuses yeah. all, but that's fine due to Tony Ferguson, if man. He, if he does get a post-fat uh, bonus, uh, he'll actually tie Donald Cerrone again with that, with 18. Uh, I reckon he's going to get a bonus for that. I would not be surprised if Dana White is regretting saying he'll, he'll give 75,000 because there is easily six or it seven. Should be up to fucking 100 grand. There should be six or seven fighters on that card who, who deserve a bonus. Who, they really came out to. There's about two or three fights on prelims. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's UFC 262 in a nutshell. Uh, next week, we're. Uh, we're back on the, the Fight Nights with uh, Rob Font taking on Cody Garbrandt in the main event. Uh, a bit of an early one for us, a midnight start for, for us, so we should be fresh as daisies for that one. But definitely uh, tune in next week for, for that one. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, follow Carlos here at KurtBait underscore Carlos. Follow the show at Five Rounds Pod. Uh, that's on Instagram and on Facebook as well, uh, run by Carlos here. Uh, you can follow me. At Podfather Mags, I've changed my Twitter handle because uh, <laughs> God, um, and also check out the rest of the quality content on the networks that run. Uh, we've uh, we get so much support from uh, the chair shot from um, shooting the sports station from Visionaries Global Media, so I'll definitely go and show them some love back. Uh, but thank you all for for watching, thank you all for, for being involved. Uh, we always always appreciate you. Um, yeah, good night, guys. Adios, amigos. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.